I'm Jeff MacArthur. We are back on a Monday afternoon, and everybody is talking about it these days. The cost of living, prices skyrocketing everywhere. And just as concerns over food prices are growing, StatsCan has somewhat quietly announced a change in how they will track and monitor food prices. And for more on this, we're joined sorry, by Simon Samoji, who studies food and food business with the University of Guelph. And the professor is on the line and joins us now. It's nice to have you back with us on the show. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks, as always, for being here. Uh, first off, can you explain to us how StatsCan tracks food prices and how are things uh, about to change? Yes, yeah, so each month for the last uh, 25 years, Stats Canada has taken 52 food products that you would typically buy in a grocery store, and, it, and it's tracked the the prices of those, or the average prices of those, I should say, uh, so that each month you can then tell, well, how much did that one food category or food product go up uh, or down in price? Uh, but uh, things are changing. So in, in Stats Canada's last uh, report, they said, uh, we're going to be changing the, the different types of products that are going to be part of how we calculate overall food prices. And that's made things a little bit complicated for us that people that look at food prices. All right. Yeah, let's explore that a little more if we could, because, yeah, StatsCan believes this new list will be more reflective of, I guess, shopping patterns or the modern day diet. I think that it's well, it's something that we've wanted for quite some time. If you have a look at the. The, the 52 products that they have online, some of them, they, they're quite dated and uh, very narrow. So for, as an example, the, the only fish that is listed on those, on those 52 things is canned salmon. And I know Canadians eat more fish than canned salmon. Uh, the only juice option is uh, orange juice, uh, crackers. The only option is soda crackers. Pasta is macaroni. And they only look at four vegetables. So that's carrots, mushrooms, onions, and potatoes. Uh, so th those products are important, uh, but we eat a lot more variety of foods. And that has really changed over the last 25 years. So if this list was badly in need of an update moving forward, is the belief here that it'll be a more reflective of just uh, how much Canadians, Canadian families are spending on food? Well, we, we hope. We're not exactly sure what new products will be added, what will be taken out. I mean, at the current, current point in time, there are some glaring omissions uh, in the uh, 52 items. So there's no vegetable proteins. There's no lentils, chickpeas. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, macaroni, we eat more pasta than macaroni. Uh, we eat more, well, we drink more different types of juice than, say, just orange juice. So we hope it's a little more representative of what Canadians in 2022 are eating uh, and drinking. Uh, so that can only be good, but we're a little bit concerned about one thing. The, the, the issue here isn't the, the changing of the items that are gonna be used to, to discover what food prices are happening. The issue here is that all the data that has been used for the 25, last 25 years is not gonna be made accessible anymore. Uh, and that's a big problem. Um, it's a big problem for people like myself who look at food prices and how they change over the time. Everyone wants to know how certain food, food pro products are more expensive uh, compared with a month ago or last year or five years. 
um, at this point in time, it looks like we're not going to have access to that data anymore. And, that, and that's, that's a serious concern. We, we need to be able to track uh, food prices over the long term, even if the different types of foods that they are being monitoring are changing. So what is the reasoning then behind this move by StatsCan? Have they come out and explained why we'll no longer have access to a quarter century's worth of uh, data, particularly at a time when Canadians are keenly aware of and concerned about rising food prices? Yes, so this change has really come about and shocked uh, people like myself. So it was only mentioned in the last month's release of food prices, and it was right at the bottom of the report, and many of us missed it. In fact, I missed it, and uh, colleagues looked at it later on and found it out. Uh, yeah, the, the issue, the, the good part is changing the different types of items that are used to look at food prices. The big issue is not being able to track past prices. Maybe if they created two food baskets, let's just call it that, uh, for a while so we can keep a, a track on those previous 52 items at least for the next year or two um but yeah we, we, have, we don't have a lot of information about this but it, yeah, it's a concern to us that we might not be able to track food prices very well and is the concern here that or i guess the worry with these changes and no longer any access to some 25 years worth of food data and pricing uh, data that we all of a sudden, we just don't know uh, how these changes are going to affect things that we might be under-reporting when it comes to inflation and just how these changing prices are affecting Canadian families. And if we're doing that and we don't have an accurate reflection, then maybe a government uh, does not have a, a true idea uh, of the picture and the way to act when it comes to some of these uh, rising food costs? It's, it's a good point, Jeff. We have to be able to track historical data to be able to see how things are changing right now. And whether that's an increase or a decrease doesn't matter. We have to be able to have that data now. It seems to me a pretty easy solution. This is just about keeping some data on a website. Uh, and that to me is a very easy fix. It's really doing nothing, but getting rid of all that information is a big concern. So. You know, you can only make decisions on good data, and, and, and that's very much the case for our uh, governments who are making big decisions around uh, food policy, uh, cost of living, uh, and just general public people who want to understand how food prices have changed. So I'm hoping that in the coming weeks or sooner rather than later, we hear from Stats Canada that they're, they're going to allow that data to, to, to stay there and there's going to be a transition to this new system rather than just switching the old 52 items off and then switching the new items on. Joined by Simon Samoji, who studies food and food business with the University of Guelph. And Professor, when it comes to food prices and what we've seen particularly, I'd say, over the last six, eight months, and of course, it's just not food, but the overall cost of living and gas prices as well. But when it comes to food in particular, where are we right now and where do you see food prices uh, for the rest uh, of this year? Are they going to continue to climb, do you think? Yeah, so uh, back in December 2021, we released our food price report. And in that report, we predict food prices for, for 2022. And we predicted a 5 to 7% increase in food prices across the board. And we're currently sitting at the higher end of that 5 to 7% range, sort of in the 6 to 7% range. And uh, that, that's a bit of a concern, you know. If something increases by 7% or 5% or whatever it may be, you hope that wages increase as well. But uh, for, a, for a big part of the population, you know, our wages aren't increasing at, at that same rate. Uh, so what we typically see when we, when we look at 
food prices historically is that over the winter months, the prices tend to spike. Uh, we have to import a lot of uh, particularly things like fruits and vegetables from uh, the US and, and Mexico and other places. Uh, and then we have winter storms that stop product getting uh, onto shelves. Uh, but once we get into, and sorry, and once it, and once that slowdown happens, it can um, really cut outages and that can increase price. But once we get into the Canadian growing season, so that sort of starts in a couple of months, so that we typically see that food prices decrease. Uh, some prices do spike a little bit. Uh, the, during grilling season, we see meat prices spike a little bit. Um, but I think there is a little bit of respite in the coming sort of four to six months on, on food prices once we get out of the Canadian winter. Well, that certainly would be welcome news. Uh, just finally, of course, food is something that we all need. It's a necessity. That goes without saying. Do you believe government is doing all they can? Is there something uh, you and your colleagues would uh, like to see when it comes to food prices uh, in this country that the government could be doing to give some relief to Canadian families? Yeah, if you look back uh, at the data, and Jeff, we've spent a lot of today talking about data, um, but looking looking back at it again, uh, you know, in the in the seventies and eighties, uh, particularly in the seventies, Canadian families were spending twenty five percent of their household income on, on food. Uh, now it's around about 10, 12, 13%. Uh, so you can think, well, great, f food is a lot cheaper. But, but what's happened in that time frame is that other areas of cost have gone up. And, uh, okay, back in the 1970s, we didn't have cell phones and internet bills and those types of things. But what has skyrocketed in that time is the price of housing. So it's always my belief that if you keep housing costs under control, uh, and they are way out of control at this point in time, and that gives people more money in their pocket and gives them that the ability to then be buffered from increases in food prices because uh, we have to have food. So really, uh, you know, housing policy and, and government decisions around housing uh, is good for the hip pocket, and that's good for our, our ability to spend money on uh, food. All right. Got to leave it there for now. Dr. Simon Samoji with the University of Guelph. Doctor, appreciate this as always. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Be well. And we're back after break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.